Dear Diary, it's Crashly. You know that because I'm the only one who writes in you and I'm the only one who has a key. (sighs) It's been a really weird time. As you know, we're in the only place in the universe that exists, which is this dinky old power plant. And like a lot happened. I thought I got a crush on Adam. Obviously, my crushes are the first thing I think about. Um, And then I kind of like came into my power and I defeated like the Mothman who used to be CEJ's mom. That was really sad, actually. Like their whole family's dead now and I just have to keep going. Uh, I guess that's the life of a teen detective. But I'm pretty excited, actually, because I, I feel like I'm like, maybe, maybe I have the chance to like save the world. And that's like pretty important to me. So I think that things are looking up. I mean, there would be no way for them to look down other than we all join the convergence or whatever and become pure possibility, which is another way of saying die. So I'm looking forward to saving the world on my own or with my friends. Okay, wish me luck. Hope I get kissed today. (laughs) Love, Crashly. Welcome to Mystery County Monster Hunters Club, where we use dice to tell a story of legendary Lepidoptera and cabalistic capitalists. I'm Tyler Samples, your keeper of monsters and mysteries. Let's meet our players. Hi, everybody. I'm Rashawn Nadine Scott, and my character is Shamanda Felt, the crooked, but now the spooky. And just like any teenager, I've made a big life change, and I regret it immediately. Hi, I'm Jeff Murdoch, and I play Adam Miller, the monstrous. And it's the end of the world as I know it, and I feel awful. Hi, I'm Erin Rain. I play Crashly Grenadine, the flake, and you can crash Lee into me. That's my name. Hi, everyone. My name is Claire Linick. I play Susan Wexler, an expert monster hunter. And do you notice anything new about my hair? Hey, everybody. I'm Alan Linick, and I play Derek Fleifer, the divine boy. And is heaven missing an angel? Because it is. It's Derek Fleifer. We are going to start off flashing back to the year 1962. And I have a very important question. Claire, what state was Susan Wexler born in? Nebraska. Nebraska, of course. Do Mm. you know the name of the town? Yeah. Barora. Barora, Nebraska. I love (laughs) it. Thank you so much. We are cutting to then, we're going to start off flashing back to the year 1962 in the small town of Barora, Nebraska. Janice (laughs) is there. You're on the outskirts of town. Janice, you've made friends with a group of real Hepcats. They are very short and all wearing hoods, but they've promised you an open mic that they say is, quote, to die for. You find it a little weird that their hands are all green and that they only have four fingers, But this is the first time in a long time that you've been invited to give a reading, and so you are not going to miss your chance. They pile out of the old Volkswagen bus that they are driving pretty haphazardly because it is difficult to see over the steering wheel for them. And you find yourself in just scrubland, just in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska. Janice, what do you do? 
Well, I'm going to follow my friends. Uh, uh, wait, they kicked me out, you said? Kicked no, me out? The- they're, no, they're all they're piling here. out okay. with you. I'm just used to being kicked out of vans <laughs> and buses. So now this is a nice uh, surprise. Yeah, I'm going to uh, say, hey, where's the venue? Looks like this is a pretty sparse party so far. Not that I'm not used to filling time. But uh, yeah, where's the folks? Who's gonna? Where's the bongos? Where's the setup? I need the stage. I need a mic. Uh, where's the dressing Ooh, room? You know we gotta do ourselves a sound check, hip cat. <laughs> yeah, and, no, that. And I have to ask, who who is speaking right now? What what is the name of of this friend? Um, my my, I mean, my real name is Sliss. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, when I'm when I'm posing as a cool beatnik human. Uh, I go by Jerry Rice. <laughs> Jerry Rice. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay, your friend. But technically, I was first. Right. No, I know. Nineteen sixty, whatever. <laughs> I think Jerry Rice, yeah. the football player, probably had been born by then. But you're the more famous Jerry Rice at this point in history. Yes, <laughs> no one can argue that. Janice. Yeah. So your friend Jerry says that. Whoa. Okay, Jerry, just point me in the right direction, guys. Jerry Rice was born in 1962. <laughs> Wait, is that Whoa. real? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, he's the same age as my dad. Oh, my gosh. Aww. He's a salamander. <laughs> well, the salamander's not a baby, is it? No. No, I've, okay. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm old as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jerry does that. What are the other beatniks doing as you guys get out of the van? Oh, we've got some hip coffee to for you to dig on down slurp on through my name is but in this <laughs> in my human form my name is sky bridgewater sky you make the fattest doggone cup of coffee i've ever had so pass it on over here to janice i pour her a latte but it's and all I slimy drink it. i drink it up that's the best do. i've ever had but i'm not gonna tell sky bridgewater that Great. So Sky and Jerry lead you to there. You see in the distance, there is a a simple shack, like an old, not even like a farmhouse, but more like a place that cattle drivers might have stopped as part of a drive to shelter against inclement weather. It's just very simple and in and disrepair. But they're, they're taking you towards that spot. And it seems like, for all intents and purposes, that seems to be where this open mic is. Oh, I've heard of a place like this is called a love shack. And this is the kind of place it's a, with a faded sign. I, I didn't see that from the road, but uh, about 15 miles back, I bet there was one. And so I'm gonna. I'm excited about this. I've never been invited to a Love Shack party before. They're pretty exclusive. Just be excited. Uh, be be careful walking in, hip cat, because yeah, this tin roof it. is rusted. Oh, oh, you know that just makes it all the more authentic to me. So skippity dop dop. Is this the new recruit? I mean, musician? (laughs) Oh, I I fancy myself more of a spoken word artist. (laughs) She's got a hip new sound that she's going to dig down on the stage. Come further. Oh, come on over. Come on in. And as you walk into the entryway, there isn't even a door, just the entryway into this little shack. You see there are candles laid out in, not in quite a circle, but in a very purposeful fashion on the ground and there is a small wooden block that in the center of those candles and you see the two other two other beatniks there the one that is addressing you and another one in shadow next to somebody else who is just completely in shadow in the corner of the room 
and the one who just addressed us, uh, Jeff, what's his name? Or or their or her? No, oh, their name is... <laughs> <laughs> but you can call them... <laughs> I like the sound of that name. Hey, everybody, thanks for bringing me here. <laughs> You got hey. some nice stuff with your atmosphere. Hey. Society, and that's okay. I like to do things the Janus way. That's just a little tidbit for you. Oh, wow, you are wow. keeping it cool. I'm uh, picking up what you're putting down, Janus. I've never felt like this before. <laughs> the oh, fact wow. that Janus ends every poem with the, doing it the Janus way. <laughs> Janus invented hip hop. Yeah. Oh, boy. Rap That's was created in this room, <laughs> in this alternate universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Claire, your salamander, well, I'm sorry, your beatnik just wink. gets motioned forward and pointed towards Janice, and you are carrying rope in your hands. What do you say as you approach Janice? Okay, uh, here's the ropes, and I am clearly a child. <laughs> a human child? Uh, is everyone appearing human at this point? I think yeah. we're barely yeah. selling it. We're just wearing I'm hoods. doing my best to look like I've a got a beret child, on. And it is yeah. a little bit, uh, it's a little spooky because I've got like braids, but there's like, my scalp is pretty bloody. Oh, Jesus! Oh my God! Good God! Too much! Oh my wait, wait, wait! God. Are you wearing this? This skin? was just supposed to be like a goofy little interlude. <laughs> are you wearing like skin or? Everyone or... was created a character. Are you oh. saying? You t- <laughs> no, I didn't take Claire. the child. Yeah. Yeah. Did you so take I the guess hair Claire... of a child? Yeah, Claire the cut the face off of a child. <laughs> obviously not. Obviously, that's not what happened. This child. No, this yeah, obviously not. Just... She just took this... the hair off the child. Yeah, the salamanders go to the side and are like, did you I not get the assignment? I just a costume of the best idea of what a child would look like, and I missed the mark, but it is oh, not stolen. All... Yes. No, this is this... totally uh, Bridget Jones' diary thing where you show up to the party, and then you thought it was a costume party, but nobody else got that memo. So you are just... I want to be out of the scene. I want to be out of the scene. <laughs> oh, I think, okay, it's very so funny. Claire Salamander just thinks that human children bleed all the time, so it's fake blood. That is part of the costume. Yeah, it's a That's costume. Fair. And it's is a costume the salamander the a mark. kid? Is a yes. young salamander? Yeah. yeah. I am a... <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so Janice, you see one, the other short person in the room walk forward, and they are dressed very differently than the rest, again, are just wearing essentially hooded cloaks. And this one walks forward wearing like an Oshkosh Bagosh, like overalls, <laughs> very bright, like very obvious fake, almost doll hair, and then fake blood just layered all, all around the, the edges of it. And then a green face that is just covered in like white face paint, just like put oh over God. the top. They look like essentially a mime wearing a Cabbage Patch dolls outfit, and they're carrying rope in their hands what's the, what what's all this about uh i don't think that i needed this uh, for my act but oh, cool. i think you will you okay well you know they say the words flow best when the body is restricted yeah you're not now a that square, does sound, are you? That, that does sound pretty cool uh not gonna lie but um i'm you know i've been the victim of a prank before 
uh, let's just say. So I'm feeling it a little bit anxious. Janice, baby <laughs> doll, we would never put you in a compromising situation. That's not the kind of cats that we are. No, we're not cats at all. We're s- humans. <laughs> okay. Uh, Janice <laughs> is actually a little freaked out. So, um, uh, I just need to. I just need to use the bathroom. And before uh, you're able to, the other shape in the corner steps forward, and it is just an outline of a person almost. It is just like so black, but the not even skin, but just the surface. Their surface has like is dappled with stars, like that you can see in the distance. It's like watching the night sky move, and there are sort of big wings folded behind, but th- that you can see that have that are like moth wings. And this figure steps forward and just says. But before that, Janice, we need to hear your words. You speak truth, and you speak so eloquently, and I would be honored if you would just step onto the stage here and tell us your truth. I'll be happy to. So, I didn't know I had taken drugs. Sometimes I forget. Give me a hug. Get over here, because love is the way. I like to do things, and this is what I'll say. Uh, <laughs> Are you? Uh, is, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Should I? Yeah. I am Janice, and here's the thing: I like to I like to scat, and I don't like to sing, but I like to go scooby dooby dippity dah, ding dong, flippity flop. At this point, Layla says. Okay, Janice, this is wonderful. Also, if you're trying to extend this to avoid the inevitable, it's not going to work. I'm so sorry, but your time has come to an end. But trust, it's nothing that you did. You're incredibly important. I'm very important. She must be served. She must uh, be served, baby. I like the sound. Oh, she must be served, baby. So give her a sandwich. She must be served, baby. She's a little bit parched. And as she moves forward, you see she has a a long, wicked blade in her hand. And she says, I want you to know I take no joy in this. But yes, you are very important. You are giving us the one chance to change the universe. And no one will forget that. Any last words? Oh, I'm going to (laughs) die. As Layla brings the knife down, we look over across town and in a hospital in Barora, Nebraska, where a woman is giving birth to a young Barb Wexler, the doctor looks confused for a moment and then says, wait, there's a second one? And pulls out a second baby girl that we know will one day have the name of well one day being today we'll have the name susan wexler <laughs> whoa wow whoa and we cut to the present you are all huddled in the vast central chamber of the haverford generating station above you you can hear the steady thrum of enormous batteries that are collecting charge from all these myriad wires that are protruding from the form of Layla, who is now chained and hanging limply in the center of this room. At her feet is the unconscious form of Barb Wexler. Next to Barb is the only known copy of Monster Girth tucked into her arm. Around her, sitting in reverent silence, are salamanders who appear to be awaiting Layla's command. Bound. can I I ask a question? 
Are mm-hmm. any of the uh, salamanders from the, the, this intro scene here? You know what? That is a great question. I think I'm going to leave that up to you guys to tell me. <laughs> so I'll ask right now. Did any of your salamanders survive to the present day? No. Mine unfortunately died like yeah. <laughs> pretty much right away. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, don't think mine, mine Sky are, made it. That actually kind of seems like you're just looking for an out, Claire. No, but it was, it's, honestly, it's part of my, my backstory, and it's really sad. <laughs> yeah, uh, mine's, uh, mine passed. He was already pretty sick during this uh, back, uh, flashback. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he was going to bring it up, but, like, you know, today was a big day. <laughs> uh, Jerry Rice, what about you? Oh, God. Are you going to bend your daughter? Fine. Um. Yeah, Jerry. Jerry Rice is still, alive. but that's not his real name. He doesn't go by that anymore. <laughs> what does he go by? <laughs> he has Steve a Young. new name. <laughs> his his new Montana? name is Joseph Montana. <laughs> Joseph Montana. <laughs> <laughs> but no. do you wear the big coats the same? Yeah, he he wears big big coats. <sighs> <laughs> We couldn't just let CEJ die. Sorry, we had to put more work on you. <laughs> so you guys, yeah. So you see around Layla, sitting in a reverent silence, are these salamanders. One of whom is very old and wearing a giant coat <laughs> over its <laughs> small form. The rest are just wearing simple robes and bound in Crashley's lariat of honesty trademark is Ooh. the forever huffy Marcus Vermes. Behind him are Tom Nuts and a bipedal coyote, as well as Adam Miller and Derek. And around all of these people are a softball team's worth of mind-controlled girls, at the center of which is a moth-winged Shamanda Felt with two little, like, tiny pokey horns coming out of her forehead (laughs) And everybody is staring at each other in this tense moment as Susan Wexler finishes her incantation to summon the spirit of one Cody Ernst Jr. Wow. And Cody Sick. Cody's spirit comes wailing into the space. <laughs> now, Alan, what does Cody last remember? Uh, he remembers going into the back room of the Old Navy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or is it the Gap? No, it was the Old Navy. The Old Old Navy. Navy. Okay. Um, He remembers going to the back room of the Old Navy and his quote-unquote friends um, being like, you should lie down. You don't look so good. And him being like, all right, fine. Um, And just lying down and closing his eyes. And then that's it. Well, yeah. So what happened after that uh, appears to be uh, stricken from your memory. You don't know where you were in between, but Susan Wexler has pulled you in you see susan being held by two softball girls by adriana and astrid who are just sort of blankly staring and you are in front of susan and notably you are floating in front of susan what do you do in this moment cej what does cej do in this moment i like look around uh and i'm like what's going on here also why am i covered in goo Uh, are we all in the room now? We yeah, are, everybody's right? here. Yeah. Okay. Susan, what do you say in response to that? Um, CEJ? Yeah. Welcome back, bud. We have some... We was have I a, dead? Okay. Well, I was just about to put it a little more gently. <laughs> but yes, Um, 
Why does my face feel funny? Okay. That I don't I know, but it's killing push. it's killing me. <laughs> Adam and I punch him. Ah! You felt that? I think your hand goes through him. Uh, Whoa. Oh no. Oh, he just touched my insides. Ew. <laughs> that's the and that's the last time anyone's gonna do that. Chet Shut floats up. over uh, to put an arm around CEJ and is like, now, I know this is this is going to be tough, all right, but don't worry. You're going to get used to it, okay? So, you you still remember me? Oh, no. I'm a ghost. <laughs> no. Don't worry. Just you hang with Chet for a while, and we're going to fix all of this. How can we fix this, Miss Wexler? The oh, world is wor- falling down around us. Uh, everyone's out of control. Uh, CEJ's kind of back, but he's not, and he doesn't really know the truth of everything. Can he even handle that right now? We don't know. But there's an angel here, you guys. Have you met Dirk? He's like from heaven or something. Hey, what's up, everybody? So, Hi, Dirk. Hey, Cody, it's me, Derek. Dirk, I'm Susan. Hi. Hi. <laughs> he might know what to do because he's like Marcus cat- Vermes laughs drolly at this point and says, "Him." He wouldn't know what to do if you directly told him. He he That's does true. nothing. Well, he does well. nothing. He's been here all this time. He's done nothing. Don't look to him for assistance. Why has he well, been okay. here this whole time if he's not good for anything? You don't just put a person somewhere for nothing. Well, That's ask him that. Good question. Yeah, why are you here, little angeling? Um. Okay, well, I, I wouldn't say that I do nothing. Uh, but this is all new, and I thought it'd be fun. To sort of see what happens. Also, I do now have a vested interest in saving this world because <laughs> I just heard about this show. I don't know if you heard about it. It sounds really funny. Um, it's about four animated little friends who wear parkas and it's called Sound Park. South no, no, yeah. South Park. it's really it's good. So funny. You're gonna it's, love it. <laughs> yeah, everyone's either like uh, you know, a Stan, Kyle, or Cartman. I guess maybe a Kenny, but not a lot of people are Kenny. Yeah, but it's worth it. Like it's worth saving the world for it. I think. Okay, cool. Then that's what I'm gonna do. And okay. At this point, Layla kind of interjects, and she doesn't speak with a mouth. She speaks in your truly in your souls, not even in your minds necessarily just like in a place that is deep inside that like is only a place you feel when you're like truly feeling love like that deep inside of you that's where you feel her voice resonating and she's just saying like it's too late for all of that there's nothing to save anymore don't you understand this isn't a universe it's a screensaver it's just the same thing over Derek, you know this better than anyone. It's the same thing over and over and over. We just yeah, keep it really doing is. it. Reruns are satisfying. Keep doing what? But Layla, look. Look at Susan. I know. I made Susan. What? 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 It's time for the talk, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, as you look around the room, you can see that only select people are being included in this conversation. Namely, it's just the kids and Susan and Derek. Even Chet looks like he is not, he's just sort of looking around in confusion. 
and also because this is a, a telepathy thing, this is all happening at hyperspeed. This is very fast. So Whoa. it's happening so quick that that likely the other people won't even notice a dip in time. But she says, Derek, you know what happens. You know the blueprint. You know the prophecy. Barb Wexler causes the coherence in 2005, and then we restart and we do it all again. And it happens over and over and over. And it's all because nobody thought that anything better could come after. And I disagreed. <laughs> I thought we could do something more with it and improve it. I re- I just, these, these people, these humans, they're, they're different. And I thought they deserved a chance. Don't you? Well, yeah. I mean, I like humans. I like these ones. I did too. So I... I used the power of the incoherence and used it to make a, a tweak, just a small one. Just um, yeah. Am I okay? Am I the tweak? Well, you don't understand a universe that is locked in how it is formed and progresses. Changing it is nearly impossible, but. The power of the incoherence did allow for one very small, very important change. I made a zygote split when it wasn't going to. And I made a very important zygote split. And where there was the ruiner, the ender of the universe, Barb Wexler, suddenly there was one that was her exact equal, but not in the prophecy and not part of what the universe has laid out. And that's you, Susan. And my goal was to be with you, to work with you, and to create something that could stop Barb and make this something so much greater than it was. And then I got captured. I was weak. I wasn't paying attention because things were different and I didn't notice. And I got caught in a net And then I have been stuck watching everything get worse for the last 43 years. And I have to be honest, I have given up. So I don't think things can get better. I think we were right. And I think if I have the choice of repeating this universe one more time or ending it forever and freeing everybody from that, I choose end it. I choose freedom. Those are the options. Freedom or repetition. Wait, wait, because wait. change, it turns out, is pointless. It's not Layla. possible. What? Oh. <laughs> oh, thank you for recognizing me. Um, Miss Layla, thank you. Um, but everything is different now, right? Like this has never happened before. Have you ever been in a power plant before? I'm like, captured? Not in other iterations of the universe, but I have been in the power plant for the last Forty three years, forty whatever so, years, right? Uh, so, so yes, I have been in it before, but it depends on what you mean. You you understand? I what I'm mean, saying. you okay? Here's the thing. I think you're smarter than me, but like, let me try to lay it out. It sounds like you're saying the world has ended before a bunch of different times in 2005 because of Barb Wexler, which I totally believe because she's kind of like a bitch, and uh, <gasps> it sounds like you really? hey, Susan wow, this that time. Language. Sorry, but I'm growing up. It sounds like you made Susan this time of the world or whatever, and now everything's different. And just because it's different in a way that like you don't like as much, you just want to like poof. And I don't think so. I think if we like 
make the world come back, it will have to be different because Susan's in it and you got captured. One of those is good and one of them is bad, but like it'll be different. And like a prophecy is a prophecy. It's going to happen regardless. Mm. I'm just going to step forward right next to Crash and be like, I'm with Crashly. Let's keep this going. And could you say that equal thing again when Barb is awake? (laughs) (laughs) Crashly, I think this is going to be... I think this is a manipulate someone. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you have told her what you want her to do and you're giving her a reason to do it. Yeah. So you need to roll plus charm. I'm trying to reason with her, but yeah, okay. Um, Roll plus charm. I got an eight. Okay. So on an eight, you need to convince her and it will be costly, tricky, or unpleasant. So (laughs) she, let's see here. Can I help by any chance? Sure. Yeah. How are you helping? Uh, I well, first of all, I've already stood next to her and put my name on it, which I gotta. Mm-hmm. I have to assume means a lot. Uh, mm. Yeah. But I'm just gonna be like, Layla. If anyone can fix it, it's these kids. Aww. Aww. Great. So, Crashly, you can re-roll one of your dice. Okay. Oh, actually, I'm so sorry. Susan, before that, I forgot completely how help works. Susan, you will actually need to roll plus cool. Okay. Okay. Oops. It is a nine. Okay. So Susan is going to give uh, Uh advantage, but be exposed to trouble or danger. Oh, I'm so sorry. So can't forget those conditions. You can't forget those conditions. So I Mm -hmm. guess actually it is a seven. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. fine. That's still good. Still good. Still fine. Okay, is great. So Susan, you will help, but you are exposing yourself to trouble or danger. So (laughs) okay. Oh, I guess I'm in danger. <laughs> you are. Yeah, you are. But so I'm thinking through it. And Aaron, what did you get on your reroll? Uh, an eight again. <laughs> okay. So you got the same thing. Same okay. thing. Yeah. So Susan is exposed to trouble or danger. And Crashly then is going to need to do something costly, tricky, or unpleasant in order to do it. Yeah. Layla. So Crashly. Layla seems to really be considering it. And again, this is all happening in this split second moment. And she's like, to do that, we need to complete the ritual first. Complete the ritual. And I will agree to trying, to seeing what happens. You're right. I can't let my own experiences dictate what takes place. And I can't let my own expectations dictate what happens. That's what happened in the first place. That's why things are locked. That is very nice. Can I tell if she's lying? Yeah, you can. She's not. She seems to be genuinely touched, but she is like, but you have to complete the ritual. At that point, as it is finishing, you see the rope around Marcus Vermes, the lasso that you have, Mm. de-knot itself. And you yeah. see Marcus Vermes grow twice as large. What? Oh, and he's looking down at himself and he's like, oh, yes, the power of belief is very nice. 
Oh. Oh. I think I'm going to change the nature of this engagement. And he grabs Susan. And <gasps> what? He, and you see, Susan, you feel as his fingernails grow and become long, deep claws and embed into your arm. And you are going to take two harm, Susan, as he just <gasps> grips you on both sides and holds you as he becomes this like hulking figure. And he's like, who's the ladies' man now, huh? And he holds Susan. Ew. What? Ew. Who's number four? <laughs> what a weird opening line, Vermes. And then no, I just hit was, him with, no, with a big it was whammy. You, you know, uh, that, that one, and he points at Derek, and he's like, he made fun. He said that I was a weird... He- and the he angel? said I was weak, and and then Tom said that I was. I had talked about being a ladies' man, and I had. And you, it's I've called a call. Ba- it's called a reference. A callback. Oh, dude, I didn't call. I didn't call you weak, but that's <laughs> no excuse for hurting people. And I pull my giant flaming sword out of nowhere, and I whistle yeah. for the coyote. And I think yes. Tom pulls out. Tom pulls out a net, a special and- net, <laughs> <laughs> and all the baseball girls pull out baseball bats. And Crashly's boobs grow to a size C, <laughs> and she gets four inches taller. Now, here's the thing. Crashly, when you attempt to do that again, you again are unable to change yourself. <gasps> but you also, at this point, you notice it. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely noticing it. Um, I'm going to root around in my haven while everybody else starts the fight. To look now, for the perfect um, weapon. here is a question. As this moment happens... What is everybody doing? So Derek is grabbing his flaming sword. Is that correct, Derek? Yeah, and it's it's really big. Here's the thing, Derek. As you reach <laughs> for it, I need you to roll. And you are experiencing, again, you are a celestial. You have more of a connection to this than the others. However, you also, you have been living a human existence for at least the last 19 years. And so your powers are significantly diminished compared to some other celestials, like compared to... Layla, or even right now, Shamanda, as she sees herself. So you are weaker than them, but you are—you still have some power and some connection. And you can feel that the coherence has gotten even more overt, and that like things are breaking down, like definitions of reality are breaking down and becoming subjective. So, Derek, as you reach for that sword, I need you to roll just a straight 2d6. I rolled a 5. Okay. Derek, on a miss, your subconscious decides something different happens. So two things are going to take place. One, I need you to take an emotional condition. So you tell me what emotional condition Derek is kind of overwhelmed with in this moment. Ooh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take angry. Great. Derek you get angry as you watch this moment of resolution be pulled away by an idiot, by somebody who's just like not Ooh. paying attention. And Derek, you change. What is the alternate version of Derek? So in the same way that Shamanda believed herself to be the queen of hell and she became the queen of hell. And in the same way that briefly Adam Miller reimagined himself as kind of a gothy, cool, straight-edge monster hunter, your emotions get the better of you, and they change how you see yourself. Who do you become? Um, I'm, I'm angry now, and 
I think, let's see, Derek, wait, I know who it is, but I need to look up the name because I can't remember. While he's looking up, are Chet and CEJ able to fight or what's their situation? They're around. Yeah, we just haven't gotten to them yet. Okay. Um, I think Derek Derek's interpretation of uh of an uh, like the eternally angry human is uh the character Ralph Cramden from <laughs> the Honeymooners. <laughs> so yeah, he changes into I, I think, and I be I I become like monochromatic, um, and put like I shift in size and my face changes and I my clothes change into the bus driver's uniform and I just become Jackie Gleason. That is wonderful. And everybody else, you find yourselves also becoming monochromatic. Even Crashly? Crashly, no. Crashly stays the same as the rest. Everybody else becomes black and white. And the room that you're in, Alan, will you describe for us this chamber that you guys are in shifts it goes from being this sort of dank concrete power plant chamber to a tv set what (laughs) does the set look like um the set is not the honeymooners the set is uh um, you don't need to describe you can just describe what it like okay great is it It what it looks like you know like yeah the set it's it's like a, a like a old timey break room. <laughs> so there's like um like a big table and like a coffee pot, um and a little sink. Great. <laughs> oh God, I thought <laughs> you all experienced so bad. That. No, that was perfect. No, it's great. That was great. You all experienced that as Marcus Vermes just reaches out and he is continuing to just grow larger and more and more ripped and just big. And he's just holding Susan with one arm and he's just like, we have a town that is supposed to be protected and you all ruined it. And then he throws the table at you all. Uh, I, uh. I, I would love it if all of the, the softball girls charged around his legs to bring him down like a mm. big tree. Okay. Take his ankle down. Is anybody doing anything to stop the table that is coming at you right now? Oh, I jumped uh, out yeah. of the way. I'm going to do uh, Never Again and try to run into that table. Great. Yeah. Before you do that, roll a 2d6. Sure, you uh, got it. I love rolling 2d6. It's my favorite <laughs> amount of sixes. Oh my god! It's two sixes, motherfuckers. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. As you run forward, Adam, so this is a, the thing that is happening. You guys are not going to roll normal rolls because it doesn't matter. You don't have abilities anymore. You just have belief. So uh, you got a 10 plus. Whoa. Adam Miller, you completely do it. As you run <laughs> forward, what do you do? I run forward and I'm like, No! We use tables for eating. <laughs> and I just sort of like punch to the table like uh, like in you know, like a kung fu movie and just like shatters it into a thousand parts. It does it wow. doesn't even just shatter it into it shatters it into confetti. It just yeah. explodes around you as the softball girls hearing that uh rallying cry go like yeah and then they charge <laughs> forward at Marcus Vermes. Bases loaded, ladies. 
what what are the rest of you doing? Is that yeah? What are what are you guys doing? I mean, I want to go to Layla and be like, "Why am I not changing?" So you're doing that. I will yeah, pin that. Pin Anybody it. else doing anything action oriented? Um, I'm going to believe that my flamethrower <laughs> can fly on its own, and I'm going to get it out of my pants and into this man's face. Roll two d six. What a yes. sentence! Get yes. it out of my pants and into this, <laughs> into man's, this face. man's face, honey. Chapter that? two of Monster Girth. Monster Girth. <laughs> so Susan, roll two d six. I got it. And 10. this is going to be minus Ooh. any emotional conditions you have. So if you have an okay. emotional condition, it'll be minus one. So nine. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So you are going to do it, but you are going to change at the same time as another emotional condition kind of takes Ooh. hold, like another worry or doubt or something manifests itself. So what is another emotional condition that you're taking? So on top of, it doesn't change, right? It's on top of? It's on top of. Okay, so I am now angry. And I'm going to just be honest with everybody. I'm feeling a little bit afraid. Great. Oh, wow. And what alternate you do you become? What is the fearful version of susan wexler like you now see yourself through the lens of fear and and how does that change who you are um i think weirdly enough it's not exactly like dark dark susan but it is like almost where i was where i was younger where i was like i just have to prove myself i just have to prove myself uh like a young kind of naughty susan wexler did great how old are you um we're going to go ahead and, you know what, 23. Awesome. Susan Wexler de-ages 20 years right in front of everybody as a flamethrower <sighs> starts to float around her. Well, and that doesn't mean I well, am 43. Uh, he is just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have I have something I'd like to do. Um, What's that? Realizing that I am a celestial being, I b- believe that I am the embodiment of teenage confusion, like all teenagers pray to me in their awkwardness. Mm-hmm. And um, with the power of that, I want to hit Vermes with like a stomach ache. Like, I don't feel good. Very Wow. Te- okay, great. Yeah. Same thing. You're going to roll 2d6. And if you have any emotional conditions, you'll take a negative one for each Ugh. emotional condition you have. Damn it. So I got a seven minus two for my charm because I'm Well, you don't need to worry about charm. Uh, Oh, I'm well, I'm guilty. So it's just minus one because you're feeling guilty. So four. I mean, no. So six. So Shamanda, here's the problem. (laughs) You have the same thing that Derek has. Your subconscious goes a very different direction than you intended. So you need to take another emotional condition. So what is the other emotion that you experience beyond feeling guilty? Uh, in this moment, I am feeling insecure. Like I just showed everybody, I'm like a cool celestial being, and like whatnot. And then, like humanity itself, and like all of existence is blinked out. <laughs> God. Great. And so, in this moment, as you're getting overwhelmed by these feelings and this this insecurity, you go from being the queen of hell to being what? Um, I am the manager of a cold stone. And I'm like, this is oh, damn. all that I could have oh. lived up to. I have to ask you an important question. Are you the same age or are you like an adult? Yeah, I'm I'm 45. <laughs> oh. I'm 45 yeah. and this is, I, I love ice cream. I have it every day. You guys wow. watch as Shamanda tries to take control of it. Her insecurity rips to the surface and this monochromatic office space shifts into a monochromatic cold stone creamery 
of which Shamanda is behind the counter <laughs> in there. And my franchise is in like Iceland, somewhere really <laughs> cold where it doesn't make sense. Oh. Like, why do you want ice cream? It's cold. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> what sad song are you singing? Few times I've been around that stone, so I mix it up and put it in a cone. Cause we ain't no Baskin Robbins. We ain't no Baskin Robbins. We mix bananas. B A N A. And you guys just watch as Shamanda is just kind of muttering to herself. Wow, I love this song. <laughs> no, Dirk, this is This song a good is song. awesome. Derek, wait, Derek, remember, you are. Oh, that's right. So so, what what does that sound One like? One of these days, Shamanda felt. <laughs> and, and Shamanda, you start to serve Ralph Cramden. Is that the character's name? Yeah. Do you want a, a like it, a love it, or a gotta have it? Or can I interest you in a customized cake? Get me that cake <laughs> to the moon! And while all of this chaos is happening, then, in this moment, um, Crashly, you're reaching out to Layla. Yeah. And your question is, why can't I change? Or why, are you asking? Yeah, why, why am I not changing? And Layla says, there's nothing to change. Did Derek <sighs> not explain this to you? Who you are, you- what you do? No. What, I, I don't know what I am. And then you get just a... Essentially, you have a like two-hour conversation with Layla that just happens Whoa. instantly. In which she explains to you very patiently, like how the universe works. Um, mm. She's like, she explains quantum coherence, which is superposition. It's matter and existence being on a waveform where everything is possible and nothing is measured, and that makes everything be equal and in coherence with each other. That the universe, as we experience it, is decoherent when everything is fixed in its position and place and measurement. And she says, And for that system to work, there is always something that is off. There's always things that don't quite fit. And those things are incoherent. They lack position. They lack definition. And they find each other in the universe because the leftover from a math equation needs to go somewhere. And that somewhere is you. That's that's you. That's what you are. You're the bubble of nothing that the universe carries inside itself so that it doesn't infect the rest of it. It's like I'm Danny DeVito from Twins. (laughs) And she says, again, I have not been to a movie in a really long time, so I don't understand the reference. But if that works for you to explain it, then yes. You're Danny DeVito from the movie Twins. So, okay, it sounds like what I need to do is just really not fit in which isn't that hard for me and if i just don't fit in really good then everything will have to kind of go back to normal is that what you're saying um yeah it sounds like it (laughs) she's like yeah she's just like your belief can still affect the world around you but it can't change how you see yourself there's both it's not even that there's nothing to see it's just what is seen can't be changed you will always be you that is why you will always remember who you've been before you are you are incoherent i cannot explain it better than that but you hold power you hold so much power and it was because of that power that i was able to make that one important change you know what layla you sound a lot like my mom 
but you also said I have power, and so I kind of like that. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna. Is she tied up still? She's chained like, up. Yeah, she's chained up. I'm just gonna go over to her chains, and with some nail clippers that I pull out of my fanny pack, I'm just gonna like be like, "Here, clippity clip, you're free." <laughs> and they work. Yeah, completely. Yeah. They just without any effort. You just believe them to be stronger than steel, and they snip through the chains, and she slumps to the ground. Okay, then I'm just going to change my outfit so that I'm just wearing, I'm wearing, um, I mean, to really, like, fit into a current meme, Cookie Monster pajama pants. Nice. And um, I'm going to be, like, wearing those, and my fanny pack turns into some, no, it's still a fanny pack, but I... I'm just like, hey, guys, turns out Crashly just has to be a loser and everything is going to be okay. So blah, 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 blah. Let me just jump on the cafeteria table, which there is one now. I just jump on the cafeteria table and there's Tables like- Tables are for eating. Yeah, I know. But they're also for doing this. And I just start doing like an Ashley Simpson jig and just looking all dumb. Oh, no. And oh, just like- no. I know what looks that like jig yeah, so I'm doing that, <laughs> and now probably you can go back to work or getting kissed or whatever normal kids do, because this is my life. Crashly, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what you do. You pout. You have a, you have yeah, a little pouting. pout. Pouting. And while you're doing yeah. that, I'm going to cut over to Marcus Vermes is roaring in pain as the flame shoots up and down. He releases Susan. Susan, your young and nimble 23-year-old body rolls on the floor and pops up. What do you do as he is... They're fighting this. Um, so wait, is my... Did it work that my flamethrower is floating in the air? Okay, so I'm just going to let that do its thing and start spraying. And I guess we need to do this ceremony, right? I've got to get to the book. Yeah, and it's it's there. The Well, okay, so, so th- this is like true pandemonium happening right now. Marcus Vermes is losing his mind in pain. And you can see the other unfortunate thing. He is experiencing this pain. He believes himself to be hurt, and you can see that that is catching and essentially becoming contagious with it. Like, the more hurt he thinks he is, the more hurt he becomes, and he is burning alive, like, more, way more so, like, on a molecular level. He is just human combusting right now mm-hmm. and screaming in pain. And also, Shamanda is no longer the queen of hell. She's just a 45-year-old manager of a Coldstone Creamery. I just need you to make a decision. You know, we close in 15 minutes. I just need you to yeah. pick a flavor <laughs> so, I so I can think get out of here. But also, so all of the softball girls are no longer controlled, and they are losing uh. their fucking minds. Oh, no. <laughs> and oh, my God. You see them. Oh, so you no. see a whole oh, no. softball team's worth of girls just changing and flipping around and becoming different things as all of these emotions just bat bat it through them and they start reacting to it in crazy ways so each of you just describe for me one thing that you see in this like true madhouse moment of people becoming who they think they are jeff like what are the softball girls what does she become uh and this is based on whatever she wants it's not just like being in this weird room yeah, it's like whatever she wants or whatever she thinks she is, or it's like whatever her subconscious decides. Uh, okay, so she uh, decides that she is 
uh, turning into her mother, and she's <laughs> literally her mother. And uh, then she's created a mini her that she's just lecturing in the corner. Oh God! Oh. Uh, Claire, what about you? What does another one of these girls become? Um, one of them really sees himself as the Miranda of the group. <laughs> <laughs> so she's just turning into Miranda from Sex in the City and is just, uh, I, I guess, looking for Steve. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Waiting on that bridge. Aaron? Oh, one of them, <laughs> one of them turns into a dolphin. <gasps> oh, God. But with or without water with water just okay. like a, a little tank i mean it's not great but oh i think actually it's not even a tank it's just you guys all watch as water starts to fill the room of this coldstone oh yeah. cold creamery rashawn what is another one of them become oh gosh i'm gonna have to mop that up <laughs> i think some of the girls are definitely horse girls so they turn into <laughs> like just horses oh, and God. others are like disney type girls so they just turn into like uh, dishware a la Beauty and the Beast. They're like, oh, oh, oh. And they just turned into a, a tea kettle or oh, I turned into a fork. Oh, amazing. And Alan, what does Joseph Montana become? Uh, Joseph. Joseph Montana is like, uh, his, his, his body is covered in light, like that moment at the end of Beauty and the Beast. Um, and his slimy, amphibious salamander skin uh, starts to like dry and like warp and change um he gets an extra finger growing out of his hand his face structure starts to like warp um and uh when the light kind of like dissipates and goes away he touches back down on the ground he looks at his hands and he's like i'm a lizard (laughs) (laughs) Yep. and this is not part of the the main storyline but there has been as we learned over the the course of this season probably there's a whole nother arc all about like the salamanders and the newly introduced second tier lizards there's a lot of feelings (laughs) and pushbacks about that there's like calls to unionize things like that there's Mm -hmm. all of this stuff that like really like in this other alternate podcast that's all about the salamander minions that this is like a huge moment when he becomes a <laughs> lizard and he finally they just sees want himself. equal rights that's all they're asking for and then he immediately gets ran over by a horse just, <laughs> just completely just smushed oh um, that was the only remaining lizard <laughs> oh, salamander no. oh no so all of this is going on i'm also curious what has tom nuts become uh, so Tom Nuts is holding that, uh, net that he had, and it's become a net twice as big than he <laughs> thought he could make. Oh <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's, he's always been, like, second fiddle to the, you know, the big, mo- uh, the big block, uh, net store that's by the, uh, lids, just called Nets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a better net now. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, he's yeah. got it, and, and that's... What he has, Susan, you are running towards your sister. Is that right? And the book? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm just going to add all the pandemonium. Just yeah, like, look away, kids. You too, ma'am. Pointing at Shamanda. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, we close at eight and I really got to get to my other shift, my other job. <laughs> my other shift. <laughs> and Susan, what are you doing when you get to your sister? Um, I'm going to just kind of try to cradle barb in my arms and do i understand fully what the i guess i could just kind of ask layla like layla what is the ritual we have to do 
a sacrifice needs to be made from those who would participate. The greater the sacrifice, the greater power that is there. So it oh. depends on what changes you want to make. That will dictate how much sacrifice is needed. Wow. But you will need to read the words buried in the first page of Monster Girth. Probably wouldn't work to sacrifice Mark Vermes, right? <laughs> no, the ritual will know. Yeah, oh, Tyler, of I course. had a quick question. Um, yes, go ahead, Jeff. Is the devil still here or? Yes, sort of. Okay. Yeah, you actually, and so Susan, I'll come back to you because this is actually important to just clarify here. (laughs) (laughs) Adam Miller, you see inching into the Coldstone Creamery, sloshing through the water, wearing a very like 1950s suit. You see the familiar form of Ryder Strong. And what (gasps) am I saying? He wouldn't be wearing a suit. You see Ryder (laughs) Strong wearing a biker like leather jacket. And with slick back hair, sl- nervously slinking into the room, and he sees you, and he says, "Adam." And he Rider? looks really—he looks really flustered, ah. like really scared, because he—he oh. he looks, he looks powerless. He just looks like a normal person. So, what do you do when you see your father, Dad? Uh, can I? Can I buy you a cone? (gasps) (laughs) He looks around. He looks at all of these people screaming, becoming things, fighting, reality shifting wildly around. There's different parts of the room that are like one part of the room has become a paddock and just a full field. Another part has deepened and become there's like coral is starting to grow. Another part of it is becoming this long hallway that is leading into this like castle environment and he smiles and he says you know this one's a lot different than the other ones have been (laughs) yeah have there have there been other me's before no there's never been a you before not like this not one i could talk to let's get that cone and he he looks really resigned he doesn't seem to believe that there's a an outcome to this beyond what Layla has been working towards. So he's just like, let's enjoy the end of everything with a cone. Is that your girlfriend behind the counter? No, that lady's too old to be my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> wait. Oh, a- a- and uh, I feel like Shamanda would have a link to him to telepathically, even though I know the end of everything has happened. But mm-hmm. like, um, Adam, I think, we you and i should talk like it's the end of existence and everything and like i know that we said that we who no matter how the world restarts i feel like i kind of forced this relationship <laughs> in a way <laughs> and you know we were young and it's like proximity and like ordained by your father who you're having this great moment with but like only chose me to get close to you so it's like a a, a relationship of convenience at this time so i just thought you know you be you i'll be me and whatever happens happens you know Shamanda, that is you and I think what it is, is like, this is happening like in fits and spurts. Shamanda is mostly her 45-year-old self and then having like little blips where she goes back to who she was, the person you know, and then she's going back. And it's in those little blips, Adam, that you're getting this this telepathic conversation with her. Oh, whereas yeah. I, most of the time she is just serving like you and your father, <laughs> yeah, Ryder Strong, like ice cream. Half conversation, then like every now and then I'm like, okay, and then also, yeah, we'll take some gummy bears on it. And 
Sure, that's good. It's good with uh, sorbet gummy bears and a little bit of pineapple juice. It's a little uh, <laughs> trade secret. I got that for you. <laughs> Just mixing it up. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, maybe we should break up. Adam, what emotion are you... Uh, you're going to take on an emotional condition from all of this between Shamanda and your dad and, and everything going on. So what condition do you take? Oh, let me look at them again. Uh, I definitely feel very... Uh... Afraid, angry, guilty, hopeless, or insecure. Can I take insecure. away my guilt in this? Not yet. Yeah. Um, I feel insecure. Great. I'm going to say the the way that it evidences itself, I'm going to just exert a little bit of control of it, is yeah. you just become a normal kid. Yeah, I think yeah, I, my weirdness is completely gone. Yeah. You're just Adam Miller with Ryder Strong, and you're just at an ice cream shop. Oh. Just being a teenager with white Ryder Strong, like, nobody sees you. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Through all of this, Crashly is on the table having, like, a tantrum, mm -hmm. flailing around, doing all of that. Crashly, you have a moment of, of realization, though, as you see all of this. As these people are changing and becoming who they see themselves as, they lose connection with who they were. Who they see themselves as is defining them and is becoming mm -hmm. them and that doesn't happen for you you can see people having changed and you know that they change like you can see for example you see shamanda she clearly dealing with these feelings of insecurity and literally physically manifesting themselves and everybody else is stuck in these realities that are being created for them by themselves and by other people and you're the only one who can see outside of those realities yeah. Um, I'm going to run. I'm going to stop like pouting and realize like no one's even looking at me anyway. So what's the point? Um, but also like I remember that I'm a teen detective now and I have I have some power. Um, and what I want to do is save the world. So I'm going to run over to Shamanda first and say like Shamanda. I strongly support you breaking up with Adam. I never thought he was good enough for you. Um, although I'm now right that he's here, I know, but I was gonna say now that you look like normal and emo, is he emo? Sorry, just no. Not. He's like oh. so. He's normcore, a hundred percent. Presh. Okay, but listen, Shamanda, I strongly support this breakup. I think you are both too young, and he turned into a moth way too much, and I just like wasn't for it. So I think this breakup is so a hundred percent you. But you do not have to be forty five yet. Like you can live the next um, what is it like twenty five? I don't know math, but like bunch of years and see what happens. See what happens with Adam. See what happens with Joshua. Like, see what happens with... Who's a, Josh? He, oh, he could he goes, be anybody, and that's the whole <laughs> point. He, I, yeah. just, I put all my eggs in one cocoon, and, and I just he eats clothes, and it was just like proximity. <laughs> that's not where eggs go. That's not where eggs go. <laughs> Thank you so much, Crashly. I just like, this is what yeah. I needed. Aaron, go ahead and roll plus weird. I rolled, oh, ooh, I get to add plus weird. I rolled a 13. Yeah. Wow. Dang, girl. That's okay. Yeah. That's it's powerful. Shamanda, you get to remove all conditions. <gasps> as, Thir 13 uh, conditions. Wow. As Crashly brings you back to yourself and essentially uses her incoherence to connect you to like 
between one possibility and all possibilities, there's the possibility you choose. You really understood how Shamanda felt. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I love it. So, Shamanda, (laughs) you get to be who you want to be, not who you feel like you are or who you worry you are or anything like that. Who does Shamanda want to be? Uh, Shamanda is a confident, whip-smart young woman who has got her whole life ahead of her and likes likes to change on a dime and that's perfectly fine because that makes her the most interesting teenager in the world. Great. Fernando, for the time being, mm-hmm. you are no longer the crooked. <gasps> we'll figure out what you become, but you are no longer troubled for, uh you no longer have like a troubled past or a chip on your shoulder or anything like that. You find yourself. Right on. You're just Shamanda Felt. Yeah! (laughs) Crashly, what are you doing next? I'm turning to Adam, and I'm going to say, I know you just heard me say a bunch of stuff to Shamanda, and some of it might have hurt your feelings. A lot of it did. I'm sorry. (laughs) And I'm sorry. I'll take accountability for that right now. But, like, you are such a good guy, Adam. Like, you basically save everyone over and over, even when you're – a moth guy. Like, you saved my yeah. life. And that was like 10 minutes ago. But you've done it over and over for everyone. Like, Adam, you're yeah, kind of, you're, you're a hero. So yeah. just be that. You can. Yeah. And Aaron, roll plus weird. I rolled an eight, but I get a nine. A nine. I don't know if it makes a difference, but I get a nine because I got a plus yeah. one. Okay. It doesn't make a difference, but it's great. Adam will remove a condition, but you need to- <laughs> I have to admit something. <laughs> Adam, I had a huge crush on you like 15 minutes ago. What? <laughs> yeah, it was like really intense. Wait, what happened 15 minutes ago? It changed so quickly. Well, you turned really emo, remember? Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. Oh. If you ever like feeling wearing eyeliner again, I don't know, give me a call. Okay. I got a cell phone now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so Adam Miller is no longer feeling insecure. Cool. Nice. So Ryder Strong is next to you with the ice cream and he looks at you and he's like, you know, we could we could just stay like this if you want. Like in the power plant in the ice cream shop in so, the power plant? Yeah, so so Ryder Strong <laughs> is looking at you, Adam Miller, and basically being like if you want, you and me could just focus on being here and just like he's basically offering you oblivion of just like let's just give oh, up. Oh, oh that. Oh. Um Hey, Dad, listen, um, honestly, if you had asked me this last year, I probably would have said maybe, but uh, I I think I got to help my friends not end the universe. Okay. And he turns and you can see like his reality is shifting as he is choosing to forget you. What? Dang. And And not in a callous way. But you are watching him and you can see like you realize that he cared more about you than you thought. And mm-hmm. he's completely nihilistic. He doesn't believe that there is a, a viable outcome from any of this. So he is just sort of protecting himself. He's the devil. So it's not like he has great, healthy choices that he makes in response to his own distress. Mm-hmm. And he's just sort of glazing over as he turns to his ice cream. I have to ask, though. More important than all of this is what is Ralph Cramden doing in all of this chaos? <laughs> um, man, I don't know. I this is 
so chaotic. I can I can Ralph hear the conversation that's going on between Susan and uh, Layla? I don't think. So. Well, sure. Well, it's up to you. Actually, you tell me. Can he? I don't. Uh, yes. I I think he may. I think he definitely can because you still have some like divinity within you but it is just like really mixed like you are being more affected by this than than even the other angels are like who now i guess layla is the only one the only full angel present but layla is unaffected by all of this because layla is kind of immune to it all but your immunity is so reduced that you're being buffeted around by this like you need to find something to stabilize you but yes, you do. You are hearing this. It, it is coming through on some level. Um, I'm gonna walk up to her and kind of like push her on the shoulder. Layla. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna be like, "Is this what you wanted?" <laughs> and she says, <laughs> "Is this the cool world you you envisioned?" And she says, "No." But what would you do? I don't what, know. What did you do? I I didn't I didn't do anything until now. It seems like that's going to be followed up by an action of some kind. <laughs> yeah. Layla, you said that this would require sacrifice. And the more powerful the sacrifice, the better the results. Hey, am I right? And I push her again. <laughs> she says, yes, but it's not a sacrifice by me. I'm not the one doing the ritual. Why can't it be? Because that is what Susan was created to do. Yeah. So I'm just going to be like, thank you so much, Derek. Um Susan, I'm what if you're pretty sure I'm about to die, but um No I appreciate the sentiment. You know, no, Wexler, you can't sacrifice yourself. I'll do it. I'll do it. Just take me. I'll also your mean problems. little sister's right there. Just sacrifice I will say, her. Though Derek, here here's what I'm am mainly curious about, Derek. You see everybody around you flailing and losing and fighting and having chaos. And you have been a watcher for so long but like you see all of these people there's like a handful of people present who are here and and need to be here and there's a bunch of people here who are victims or incidental to it all how are you dealing in this moment with like all of the literal horse girls and disney kids and marcus vermes and tom nuts with his net and the coyote who has imagined itself wearing like very nice clothes whoa but otherwise it's still a coyote walking around on two legs. (laughs) What are you doing to bring order to this chaos? Um, I believe that they are small. (laughs) I believe that they are small so bigly that they become small. (laughs) And therefore, I can put them away in the magical space where my sword usually lives. (laughs) Okay, I love this so much. I'm going to make you roll a 2d6. Nice. You're good at these, Alan. Alan's so good at this. And I believe you currently have a negative one from, like, you have one emotional condition. So it'll be a 2d6 minus one. Am I adding anything to this? Nope. Straight roll. This is a belief roll, so. Then it's a six. Oh, what if you you (laughs) burnt some luck? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, not worth it. Okay. What? <laughs> what? Wow. Great. On a miss. Well, let me actually check to see. Does anybody attempt to help 
Derek in this moment. You don't necessarily know what Derek is attempting to do, but you can see that Derek is doing something in this moment. I mean, right there. I'll, I'll yeah. I just said out. I would sacrifice my body for I Wexler. The only real way to, to help in this moment, as you three kids have experienced, is to sort of help him get out of the emotional morass that he's in. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to help, instead of using help someone for this, you will need to do deal with the feels and help him clear a condition. What's your condition right now? Angry? I'm angry. Dirt, come on, man. You're too cool for this. Add it's pronounced Derek. Derek. I'm sorry. Adam Miller, go ahead and roll plus weird. Okay. Oh my god, it's two sixes again. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. It's a 14. So Dang. Adam Miller, what do you say to Derek that makes him not angry anymore? Derek, I'm sorry I said your name wrong. Ugh. I'm okay, just... I forgive you. <laughs> uh, great. Yeah, Derek, you are no longer angry, which means do not have a negative one to your roll, which I believe bumps it up to a seven. So I'm going to say that you are going to do this. You are going to make them small, but you are going to change at the same time. So you do change them as everybody watches. Everybody else in the room that isn't part of the Monster Hunters Club shrinks and becomes very small. <sighs> And starts to float towards an open zippered pocket in <laughs> existence. And Marcus Vermes is like, no, I'm, no, you can't do this. You can't do this. No, no, no. And it's floating <laughs> off. The water sloughs up and goes in there. The horses are running in. You watch as reality kind of resets back to the power plant as Derek kind of siphons all of this excess possibility into this space. But Derek, you change. Now, this is going to be a little different. So there's this moment where a human boy connects to you. Some part of you, you're going to become a little bit more bound to Earth and a little less bound to the heavens. Yeah, I think I need to do, like, I I have human things. Like, I, like I need to eat now, mm. and my hair grows. Yeah. That's frustrating for you. Yeah, like... Yep. Yeah. So in this moment, you experience this change and you feel it on like a fundamental level. And it, it is probably honestly the fact that you are next to Susan Wexler as these things are happening and she is change in this universe. And you realize you are the only thing like you in the universe. You are somewhere between angel and human. You are now just Derek and you siphon everybody away and you turn and the room now is just Derek Pfeiffer. Shamanda, Crashly, Adam Miller, CEJ, Chet, and Layla. Everyone else is gone. And Layla turns to Susan and says, Start the ritual. Let's see what happens. If I'm the one that goes, save CEJ. We'll see what happens. Read the first line. We can't wait. It was a rainy night inside my pants. <laughs> when Mr. Demon Tell's tentacle grazed my lower back in that Dwayne Reed, I was left to wonder, was that on purpose? I had promised Ryder Strong to deliver their soul to him later that night. At that <gasps> moment, though, all I could think about was how strongly I wanted to ride their face. 
<laughs> and that's where we'll end our episode for today. Thanks so much for listening, Monster Hunters. If you enjoyed this, give us a rating on iTunes or tell a friend. Either way, it really helps us get the word out. Otherwise, if you want more contact with us, join our Patreon or our Discord. You can find information on both in the episode description. Until next time, believe in yourself. The universe depends on it. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I just... You know, it's hard that this book will likely be better received than my actual book, but sometimes you just have to, <laughs> you have to make sacrifices. <laughs>